Taylor Swift famously wrote the lyrics, can I ask you a question? While seemingly a simple query, it plays to the idea that we all have questions, some we never pose, and some we agonize over never being answered. Pop culture is overrun with gossip columnists, blind items, and paparazzi photos in this predatory society we live in. But what if you actually got to sit down with your favorite artist or athlete? What if you got to ask them all the questions you've always pondered? But here's the catch. You can't ask them questions that you've seen speculated on in social media. Instead, you get to ask them why. Why did they write that song? Why did they choose that part to audition for? Why did they sign with that team? Why did they write that book? Back in the day, MySpace was known as, quote, a place for friends. The Space show is instead a place where we get to really know each other, not just on the surface. Knowing why someone does something can literally change the trajectory of history. That being said, can I ask you a question? All right, welcome to the Wide Space Show. I'm Mandy and this is Becca. Hey guys. And today we're going to talk about NFL football and the Super Bowl. So this weekend was a big weekend for entertainment yes. and football, if you will. Um, we had the AFC and the NFC championships. Y'all knew we weren't going to get through a show without talking about Taylor Swift. Come on now. Uh, <laughs> so let's talk about, we'll just go in order that the games happen, not their importance. So let's talk about the AFC championship first. So the Chiefs beat the Ravens in Baltimore, 17 yeah. to 10. Yes. So Becca, give us your thoughts first. Um, let's talk about the game only first, and then we'll get to the good stuff. Okay, so game only. You and I went into this game very nervous. Very. <laughs> I think I could still get nervous talking about it. Right? Like they're going to take the win away from us. Yeah, like it didn't happen. <laughs> I think we went in because the Ravens were so hyped, and they were having a phenomenal year. A yep. great So we knew, especially with how much the Chiefs struggled this year because they had a lot of rookies, they had a lot of new people on their team we knew it was a chance that they could crumble in this moment. Yep. Um, it, the moment's not too big for Patrick, but it can be too big for those newer guys. Mm -hmm. Just to see them come out and dominate at the beginning of the plays, at the beginning of the game, like they showed up. It almost yeah. seems like they show up bigger at away games. It's like they have more to prove. Yeah. Um, so that was really fun to watch. But the whole time I was just so nervous. I'm anxious talking about it. Like I really feel like I need to walk around or like my heart rate's going up again. Yeah. I was watching a bunch of the um like after shows and stuff, especially this morning. Mm -hmm. And all throughout the game last night, I was texting you. And to my untrained eye, the right. defense looked horrible. I just I need you to shut down every play. I need them to I not for it all. And then this morning they were like, that defense was dominant. And I was like, okay, I'm missing something here. <laughs> well, I think it's that thing, and we've talked about this before. I think on the college football episode, we talked about, um, and gosh, we've even talked about this with the music episodes. Like, I think we always expect those players that are like the upper echelon to like be perfect almost. And like, they're not, which is interesting because I was looking at the stat from this game last night. And we'll talk about this here in a second. But 
when I think about the game yesterday, I think like Patrick Mahomes looked like a king and Lamar Jackson looked like a chump. But ironically, if you look at the stats from the game, Lamar had better stats other than his turnovers. He threw more and he obviously rushed. Well, actually, no, he did not rush more, um, but he did throw more. Um, And so I was kind of surprised by that. But then again, I take that back a little bit because I feel like the Chiefs were kind of milking the clock a lot of the game because they jumped out ahead to the lead. And I feel like, and I kept texting you like, we're going to need some more points on the board. I need some cushion. (laughs) And they just never did it. It's like. I've really got to get, I've really got to get a headset. It's just, it's going to have to happen. Let us because know like, I need Andy to listen. Like, man, we need some more points. Yeah. Spags, I'll let him take over, but you know, come right. on. Right, it's fine. But it's funny. It's and funny. I kept texting you like, Chris Jones, like get up off the ground. And I'm like, I know the dude is hurting. And I'm like, but we need you because I when, oh, man, your leg probably is dislocated. Who knows? But yeah. I need you to come out there. <laughs> Like when Charles Dominicue got hurt, I was like, okay, Chris Jones has to win this game for us. And it did feel like, I think because there were those kind of big plays that the Ravens got, like that stupid tip ball that um, Justin Reed tipped and Lamar still caught it. I was pissed. (laughs) Like, how do you not come up with that, Justin Reed? But like, they still didn't score. So, I mean, it's tough though, because you want them to be like, flawless but I think now looking back I think the defense definitely won the game I mean because they didn't put up the Chiefs didn't put any points on the board in the second half no no oh. we just we can't we can't do that in the no. no no well and and I that Lamar his legs are one of the greatest weapons he has he's fantastic mm-hmm. at running the ball himself yeah. And that's how a lot of times they get those first downs that they need. Mm-hmm. And I was shocked that yesterday it was almost like he panicked through everything. And so every just time, just for it, which as a Chiefs fan, I appreciate. But yes. just in the whole talk of MVP and this is your year and you're the best, when you get to the biggest stage of the game thus far this year, and it feels like he just completely folded. Yeah, and we're gonna talk about the awards in a minute, but yeah, I I don't know. I just kind of felt like he cracked the bed yesterday. And I mean, listen, I'm not a Ravens fan. I'm I, you know I've talked about this. I, I just don't like them, and I don't like I don't have a really big reason. I'm sure Lamar is a lovely human being, but I just don't like him and I don't like them. And so like watching him crack the bed, I was like, good. But also I mentioned this to you today. This is the second time they've been ranked number one, allegedly going to the Super Bowl. He's the MVP, blah, blah, blah. And then he imploded. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know for Mr. Like demands your $80 million. Like maybe you should show that you're worth that. I don't know. I'm just yeah. saying. But it's kind of odd because on the one hand, like you've clearly done a good job because you've got to the championship game. Yeah. But then on the other, to not look like the championship team you were all year. That was mm-hmm. where it was strange. Clearly, you guys are good players, but it's kind of like the whole Dak Prescott effect. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of talk because you yep. can get up to the playoffs and then you can't do anything with it. Well, and I do think in this game, I think the Ravens got outcoached. I wholeheartedly believe that because, like, again, the Chiefs not putting any points on the board in the second half, yet still coming away with the win. And, like, 
even without getting points on the board, seemed dominant. Like that to me is coaching. And some of those defenses that Fags drew up, like, yeah, I mean, I think that's what rattled Lamar. Like, I mean, I think they got but out was it last game? They the Chiefs won because of their run plays. Pacheco was running yeah. every single yeah. thing. And it feels like that's all the Ravens were prepared for was the run yep. game. Because anytime the Chiefs tried to run it yesterday, it got shut down real fast. Yeah, now their run defense was spot on. It was like they had no idea what to do. I, it felt like the Ravens bought into all the media attention on the wide receiver issues that the Chiefs have had this season. Mm-hmm. They would have done well to realize that that hasn't happened in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and I think it comes down to real leaders and real goats show up in the yeah. big games. And that's what Travis and that's what Patrick are. And that's what they did. And it, yeah. we joke about it. Like when Travis just be walking around behind the line of scrimmage, they're just out there playing catch. And like literally that's what won the game yesterday. It's just the two of them being calm under pressure, mm-hmm. showing up. And making it count. And that's what Lamar can't do. I think that that's what shows being a great NFL player is mm-hmm. being able to say, I know what the play is supposed to be, but I can see the defense isn't going where you think it's going to go. Yeah. So if you get open, I'm getting open. But to be <laughs> able to do that in the middle of a play and Patrick realize Travis is going to be somewhere out there. Like, yeah. He's got to find Yeah. <laughs> You sent me that video on TikTok today where you can tell Patrick's trying not to just die laughing. He's like, yeah, Travis just ran the whole wrong route and right. I was trying to run and it shut down and he ran the wrong route. So there he was. Like, it's like, that is like 98% of what happens between the two of them and their magic. Like, it's crazy. Travis just goes out there and he's like, eh, I'm going to do this instead. But they like come across to me as guys that at the end of practice, they're probably still out on the field, just goofing around, throwing the ball, having yeah. fun with it. And that's mm-hmm. what translates. Yeah. I will, uh, obviously not a Ravens fan, but I will say my heart did break a little for Zay Flowers being a rookie, getting that ball literally almost across the goal line and Sneed punches it out, which oh was amazing. And honestly, it's a good lesson for home. little. I was just about to say it's a good lesson for little boys to realize because the play before he got in trouble for taunting. So be humble. Yep. But I, I did feel for him. I did think it was kind of cool if you saw on the sidelines that Odell Beckham Jr. like went up to Zay and like talked to him for a long time in his ear. And that's better in leadership. I think that's good. I did see, well, you sent it to me that Odell's dad is very unhappy with the quarterback play in Baltimore, which a lot of these parents, parents this year. <laughs> Dad Prescott's getting attacked by CD Lamb's mom. I'm telling you. I mean, I'll probably be that mom too, but you know, it's fine. Those parents. <laughs> Team leaders must be heated. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did feel for him. I thought the the defensive line for the Ravens was pretty awesome. I do think that they swallowed human beings because they were enormous. Like that was crazy. I, see, I just really didn't follow them this year. So no. when I saw them yesterday during the game, I was like, "What have we gotten ourselves into, folks?" <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I was terrified. Um, but that's when, like, having that quarterback that can just stay calm. I don't know. We didn't, I don't even think we talked about it. You were a little delayed. And so I kept trying not to text about the play. 
I know, and I kept trying not to text about the play that would just happen because I'm like, oh, she hasn't seen it yet. But then sometimes I couldn't help it. But the one that we didn't, I don't think, text about was the one where Patrick got sacked and he like bent, like wobbled back and forth. That terrified me to no end. I was confident he had torn both of his legs off. Like, <laughs> and he just popped right back up. And I was like, holy Jesus. What? There's a couple of plays where they like, the player just dives into somebody's knees and then they just pop oh. up and I'm like, I've been on the ground and telling somebody what's playing. Feel. Bury me here. <laughs> the anchor holds an amazing grace. Right. Like songs like that would be good hymns for mine. But like, I mean, it was, whew. we did not come out uninjured though. I, I saw where O'Minahue said that like, of course he's going to play in the Super Bowl Cause like, why wouldn't he say that? Yeah. But I'm worried about that because we really need him. We need Willie Gay to get back with his neck injury. Um, and yeah. I, Pacheco looked fine to me. I think they were just kind of bluffing about that one. I'm really um, And we've got two weeks. So yeah, these two weeks, I really hope is a good, like they can get all the physical therapy and that they need all the remedies, yeah. all the shots, whatever it takes to get you through one more game. Yeah, exactly. Now, one thing that we have not talked about was something that happened in the pregame. Um, and it's unfortunate that Laura cannot be here with us today because we have very yes. differing opinions about this issue. <laughs> so I will go ahead and say that she was totally against what happened. But pregame, Patrick is warming up with the offense. Justin Tucker, the Ravens kicker, is being right. a douchebag, which he's known to be. and won't move. They keep asking him. He won't move. And so... Uh, Patrick, you see in the videos, Patrick kicks his little stand out of the way and Travis comes over and throws his balls and his helmet out of the way. And yeah. Laura, Laura thought this was inappropriate and rude. Um, you and I felt differently. How did you feel yeah. about this moment? To me, A, you knew Tucker's trying to get into their head. That is what mm -hmm. professional athletes do that are veterans that know right. getting into the head works. Mm -hmm. And I think had Tucker actually been trying to warm up and Patrick had kicked the sand or Travis yeah. had thrown his balls. I think if yeah. he had truly been trying to warm up, he would have showed anger and frustration, but he mm -hmm. sat there calmly because he knew exactly what he was doing. Yeah. That was his point. And he was, he was smirking too. Yeah. 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 So I just yeah. think a, he knew what he was doing and B I'm sure Patrick and Travis had said, Hey, move your stuff. We're trying to warm up. And yeah. he had it. So to me, that's what you get. They're not going to yeah, sit there arguing with you and talk. They're just going to move it themselves. Yeah. So Laura's point was they should have scooted over a couple of feet, which I didn't agree with. I thought I did. I thought Justin was trying to get in their head, which <laughs> really worked out well for him. Um, but I also thought he was just being a jerk, which he is known to do. And I did look it up today because we had some difference of opinion on this rule in our texting yesterday. I yeah. looked it up. They are assigned which half of the field they're supposed to be on. So he did not have the right to be down there where he was in their way. Um, but I loved it. I loved it because Travis was doing what anybody's going to do. They're going to back up their quarterback. And, you know, early in the season, there was all these jokes online, which will kind of segue us into the other part of this game. But there were all these jokes online, like, or, uh, Travis, can you even fight or whatever? Well, I think here in the playoffs, he has very much validated that, yes, yes, indeed, he can fight. And he's going to, and he is always going to be the first one in the mix when one of his teammates is yeah. getting something done to him. And that's exactly what he did in that moment. 
what Travis he did a lot in the game yesterday. To talk in the media and talk trash and do all of that. He shows it nope. on the field. He doesn't need and to. And actually, he. Yeah, he actually does the opposite. There's been several times, especially in the playoffs, where he's kind of gotten some scuffles with some people, and then he'll go on the podcast on New Heights, and he gives them their flowers and is just, like, bragging on them, which I bet you anything he does this week about Justin Tucker. Yes. Um. So that leads us into our other favorite topic from the game. Um. Now the Brads and the Chads and the Dads are not going to enjoy oh, this part. They're all bad. <laughs> That's okay. You don't belong in this podcast anyway, I'll be honest. Um, but so Taylor was at the game, of course. This was game number 12 for her, which is insane. But we talked about how crazy and cosmic it is that their schedules aligned like this because we are obviously not of the camp that this was PR or that it is currently PR. Correct. Um, so game ends, Chiefs win. And what happens, Becca? Oh my gosh, we get Taylor on the freaking field. On the field, arm in arm with Donna, walking onto the field. Ed's oh. tailing behind. Jason, they lost him somewhere in the crowd. So Did you even Taylor. see the video where she was like talking to Donna and she was like, do we have dad with us? Do we have Jason? Yeah. She called Ed dad. I died. Died uh, dead. Like, okay. <laughs> so, and then Donna, when they got in the mix of all the people, of course, her Poor Taylor Security, if they have ever needed a raise, like they have needed a raise right. this year, and they already make a lot of money, but come on, they're worth it. They get her onto the field. Donna is barreling through the traffic of people, and she's pulling Taylor with her. She's like, I ain't leaving her. Uh -uh. They get to Travis, the gentleman that he is, he takes his hat off, kisses his mom, and then he turns right to Taylor and says, what's up, sweetie? Right. I love Kill it. me. Then they kiss for a while. She is just, I mean, literally looked like a cartoon, her eyes, how much they were, like, glowing for him. Yeah. I mean, if you imagine oh. this woman is used to being on the largest stages in mm -hmm. the world with yep. people screaming her name, cheering for her, knowing her music and her art, for mm -hmm. her to get to go and now experience being in some of those exact same stadiums, but they're yep. screaming for your boyfriend and they're cheering for him. Like it's a whole yep. different mental game because she's there as Taylor. She's not yep. there as Taylor Swift. So right. just getting to experience that and truly live in that moment, right. it almost felt like to me, this is one of the few times that she just gets to be a girl in love mm -hmm. with a guy and gets to celebrate that. And it was fun. I, to I have to fun. But I also think like, Listen, we don't know what her past relationships have been like. We know what they look like on the outside. But, I mean, as public as she and Travis had been, and she was really public with that Calvin Harris guy, which I wasn't kind of in the mix then, and I don't like him anyway. But as public as they've been, yet still kind of guarded, they've had these big moments, Argentina yesterday, and it's just like she looks like she's finally getting to, like, live what she always wanted yeah and it's like she's finally just happy and content and doesn't have that to me it's she doesn't have the pressure to be like taylor Swift. she just gets to be travis's girlfriend taylor and she's so quick to like she's you know she's flashing tens for pacheco she at my game she was doing fours for rashi when she slapped my hand i just had to bring it up again but <laughs> i'm just saying like She's all about the team. I mean, yes. she's hugging Chris Jones. She's best friends with Brittany Mahomes. Like, it's not just 
and it's his friends. You and I were just talking about this. His friends have welcomed her in. Like it's a whole thing. It's not just, she's there for Travis Kelsey. Yeah. But I think that speaks to who she is in her personal life. Yeah. Even in her team, her backup singers, her dancers, that's a whole, they're one unit. If she doesn't have them, she can't be Taylor Swift on the stage. And I think that she sees the value of the people that you have surrounding you and how important Mm -hmm. it is that they get the same praise that you get because they're vital too. And I think that that translates into her personal life with her friends and the value that they bring into her life for her to be allowed to just be a person. Because my God, you know, how hard you bring up. Oh, you bring up the friend piece. And I think it's interesting because, you know, when they first started dating, there were all those rumors. What does Selena think? Gigi doesn't like it, whatever. And, you know, there were the things of, oh, her friends never like it when she gets in a relationship because she disappears. Well, rightfully so. The six years she was with Joe Allen, she was pretty much in hiding. Whether that was Joe or her or the Kanye thing, who knows? But they were. And so I think one of the things that's so fun about this relationship is the way the friend groups have embraced each other. They're intermixed in the pictures now. Cara Delvini's in the pictures with Charles and all those friends that are people of Travis's. And I think that. And then, of course, we did have so Blake like Blake Lively liked the Vogue picture of Taylor and Travis kissing. Gigi said that the sweater brought her good luck. And said congrats TK like they're not even just calling him Travis or tagging Travis and then Kelly Teller was there text messages they probably put TK just like we put TS (laughs) I mean we are ready to be in the friend group we've got (laughs) we are in but no it was amazing and of course now all the hoopla is can she make it from Tokyo to Vegas she can she will I have no doubt She's going to be there. It's Taylor Swift. She has her own jet. And outside of that, she does not miss moments for her people. She just doesn't. No. no and she she'll be there. Yep. Um, and so now we will switch gears, though I could talk about those moments for the rest of the show. We'll talk about the <laughs> NFC Championship. So the 49ers and the Lions played in San Francisco. And the 49ers won 34 to 31. But it didn't look like that was going to happen. No, this game shocked me. Yeah. Just how it played out. Totally. I, so the way it turned out, the lions jumped up ahead. They had a 17 point lead until what? Midway through the, yeah. Like into the third quarter, they were carrying a 17 point lead and they just, I wouldn't even really say they fell apart because like they didn't make a lot of mistakes. It's just the 49ers turned it on and, became the 49ers like I expected this game I was hopeful for the Lions just because you know they've never won this stuff right you know I just they have yeah but I just expected the 49ers were going to come in and stomp them and they didn't at all it was surprising how dominating the Lions were at the beginning I thought this would be neck and neck up through Mm -hmm. about the quarter and then we would see one team just come out ahead So the fact that the Lions just totally dominated that first half without an answer from the 49ers shocked me a little bit. But I fully, Mm -hmm. and I remember telling Doug, when they come back from the half, the 49ers do not want to be embarrassed here. So it's like the engines on and the Lions just kept playing at the level they had been playing at, which was a great level, but they needed to up it more. 
Yeah, I went back and I looked at the stats for this game and talk about incredibly even. Um, total offensive yards, the Lions had 442 and the 49ers had 413. But I mean, everything is completely close. Uh, Jared Goff had 260 passing. Brock Purdy had 258. Like they couldn't be closer. Um, rushing yards, the Lions actually had a little bit more. They had 182 and the 49ers had 155. But like first downs, Lions 28. 49ers 23. Both teams were 6 of 12 for third down efficiency. I mean, it was crazy. Both teams allowed two sacks. It was almost an identical game. Now, Jared Goff, they lost a fumble. The Lions did. But Brock Purdy threw an interception. So, I just, it was so much more evenly matched than I thought it was going to be. I will say, I thought Brock Purdy, first of all, talk about a dude that is undervalued. Like, so. You sent their salaries right now. This kid's not even making a million dollars. Like, surely he's getting paid this season. But he performed yesterday like I thought Lamar was going to perform in the mm-hmm. AFC game. I yeah. mean, he he ran. He ran for 48 yards. I didn't even know the little guy could run. And for being – this is only his second as a starter, correct? Yeah, last because – and last season. year he didn't even finish. And he didn't even finish because he messed up his elbow. No, because – Yeah, but for him being so young and being so new into the NFL and this being the first time you're playing in this championship game, he kept a cool head and one of the biggest moments of his life to give his team a shot. And I think you see veterans, Lamar, struggle with that. So I think that speaks volumes to who he is as a player and how those guys on the O-line trust him. Yeah. Well, and I think – um, again, I think that Dan Campbell and the Lions, I think they got totally outcoached. I think Dan Campbell made some big mistakes coaching on those fourth downs. I think he should have gone for some touch or some field goals and gotten some points on the board. Yeah. Um, and they wasted so much time on the clock. I didn't understand that at all. Um, I think Kyle Shanahan just had a better plan. I know I mean, I, in general, is an aggressive coach and play caller. Um, and I think that he just stuck to who he was in this game, which at times is fine. And of course, now obviously hindsight's 2020. I do think in some of these bigger moments, we just need to get points on the board. We can't constantly be aggressive. We just need to get some points. And I just think he kind of overlooked that. Yeah. So the Chiefs will play the 49ers in the Super Bowl in two weeks in Vegas. This will be the second time in the recent years, Patrick Mahomes years, that they have met in the Super Bowl. Yesterday, I kept seeing the clips from when the 49ers lost to the Chiefs and George Kittle said, I'll be back and with a vengeance. And I do think that, I mean, it's going to be the fight of their lives to win that game. Um, Yes. Of course, we want the Chiefs to win. I'm going to just tell myself they're not going to because that's what I've done the past three weeks and it's worked. So I'm good with that plan. That's uh, that's where I'm going. So, um, yeah, but it'll be I a great day. It's going to be neck and neck though. Exciting. Yeah. Yeah. You've got two teams that really want it. And for some reason, Patrick and Travis seem to want this one more than they have wanted any other one. And I'm not sure what the drive is there for that. But it just seems the way that they talk and the way that they're playing, they want this one more than anything. 
And I think that has to do with like all the hate the Chiefs have gotten this season. Like, oh, it's a down year. And um, I think they're just like, you know what? Don't doubt us. Um, but they seem to do well in the like underdog role. So I'll stick with it. Works for me. Yeah, absolutely. We'll so let's talk about let's talk about the Super Bowl a little bit. Uh, halftime show is Usher. How do you feel about that? I think it's going to be a great halftime show. I mean, when it's you very have nostalgic. Artists, yes. When you have artists that are used to performing big shows and Las Vegas residencies, they're used to understanding that standing on a stage singing, isn't it? I got to do mm-hmm. everything. We have to have the full experience. So I think we're going to have something really good. Last year's Rihanna was a letdown because I don't yep. understand. I don't think she understood the size of the stage that she needed and the presence that she needed. Um, so I think Usher is going to be a fantastic halftime show. Yeah, I think, and we've had conversations like this on our music episodes about different types of performers. You can really like performers that are not good in big situations. Yeah. And I think Usher will be fantastic because he's going to dance the whole time. And honestly, that's the appeal of Usher more than his voice. Like, right. That's what he does. And so I and do, I agree. Hits. That everybody knows. Yeah. yeah. And so I think it'll be good. I'm sure he's going to bring out, I bet he has a lot of collaboration people that come Absolutely. out. That makes um, sense. Oh, yeah. How do we feel about Reba singing the national anthem? Listen, you know my thoughts. I love Reba as a person. I'm sure she's lovely. Clearly, yeah. she's had an incredible career. But right. it's that old school country sound in her voice. I just have never been a fan of it. I yeah. just won't. I need like a Natalie Grant, somebody that's just going to belt it and hit those notes and give you the goosebumps. That's what I need. I mean, it's going to be tough because like Reba is an entertainer, but she's like, I don't know, just, it's just not the right, this is not the right thing. I think the national anthem calls for somebody that has that really smooth and strong voice. And Reba Mm -hmm. has that country voice that goes wangy tangy and all over the place and it just some songs just don't mix with that i think that the national anthem like i think i'm always going to think of whitney houston yeah and i'm always going to think of that note that she hit and just like that's what i'm looking for and there is no way reba can even come into that playing field like yeah not yeah i also think it's weird and i love post malone but i think it's weird that he's doing america the beautiful god it's an odd choice but didn't well, was it? Did Chris Stapleton do it last year at the Super Bowl? And I don't know how you follow that because holy I mean, moly! But Post yeah. Malone never ceases to amaze me. He does some agreed. outlandish stuff and ends up being incredible at it. So who knows? Yeah, agree. Maybe he did we will. In and they're like, "That's it. That's what we want." <laughs> who who knows? Um. And then Andra Day is going to perform the lift every voice and sing. I don't even know who that is. So God, God bless. Like, um, everybody's like refilling their plate. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, so yeah. Now that's what is happening at the halftime show this year. Who would be your dream halftime performer? Okay. So my dream one, obviously we're going to go Taylor Swift on that because Clearly. she has yeah. proven she can do a huge stadium. Um, mm-hmm. And make it electric. I also think a Kelly Clarkson Carrie Underwood halftime show would be real good. Ooh, I, I like think that, that they could have a lot of fun. The country version of like J Lo and Shakira. Yeah. Um, 
but also my other one that I thought of was like a Justin Timberlake with some throwback, throw in an NSYNC one, throw in mm -hmm. Bruno Mars with him, Usher with him, Snoop Dogg with him. I mm -hmm. you could do some stuff with that. Okay, I really, I really liked both of those. So I too thought of like, I wasn't specifically thinking just Justin Timberlake. I was thinking like, what if we did like NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, let's even throw in 98 Degrees, all of the, like, the boy bands. I okay. think that would be fun. Um, I am loving that Kelly Clarkson, Carrie Underwood though. Ooh. That would be a good one. Um, that would be really good. Obviously, yes, Taylor would be my like number one. And I think not just like her and her dancers and her backup singers, but even if she brought out all the people she's done collabs with, Kendrick Lamar, um, Ed Sheeran, like, Lana, like if you want to, I yeah. don't think she'd be good there. But um, I mean, I she's brought out people on stage like Mary J. Blige and done some of her songs. Yeah. With her. She right. could bring any artist. Yeah. Um, I have heard rumors that Usher is going to bring Mary J. Blige out, which I would be I would love so that. happy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, last, was it not last year's halftime show, but the year before when it was like, Eminem and Snoop Dogg and 50 Cent and all of them. That one was good. It's those throwbacks that win it every time. I know. So that's what I think Usher will be great. Yes. Um, all right. So let's switch gears a little bit and talk about the book or the NFL awards. Um, we're going to go through some of the bigger categories. Um, I won't start, start with the MVP, even though it's on my list first. Um, let's start with the rookies. So, Offensive Rookie of the Year, we've got Jamar Gibbs, Sam Laporta, Puka Nakua, Bajan Robinson, and CJ Stroud. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts? So Puka Nakua had an excellent year. He threw up some great numbers, but I really think CJ Stroud is probably going to take this award. You just can't yeah. deny how strong he came out and how much he led that brand new team with a brand new coach. Um, so I would not be surprised to see him win this. Yeah, agreed. I think, that, yeah, Puka got the record or whatever for the rookie yards. I think there's a good argument for him, but I do think the C.J. Stroud narrative will win. Yeah. Um, defensive rookie of the year, Will Anderson Jr., Jalen Carter, Joey Porter Jr., Kobe Turner, and Devon Witherspoon. Thoughts? So my initial reaction to this one, I was like, well, Jalen Carter. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, but the Eagles defense struggled heavily. And it he just was whole team imploded. Yeah. So I think Will Anderson is probably yeah. he has a solid shot at taking this one. Yeah, I agree. That was exactly my thoughts. I think if the Eagles had done better on the season in general and people yeah. were a little more positive on the Eagles, I think Jalen could have wrapped it up. But yep. Um, all right, let's go to offensive player of the year. Uh Tyreek Hill, Lamar Jackson, CD Lamb, Christian McCaffrey, and Dak Prescott. I just I can't even say it without shaking my head. It was almost like they were like, we have to put his name somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did Jerry Jones pay for that? Because that's the only reason I could see his he name. He had now. to have tossed a 20 in somebody's pocket. Who knows? Yeah. Um, so of those, who do, who do you care? I know there's a lot of talk for Tyreek Hill. And listen, he had a good year. He put up some solid numbers. He proved yet again he's a great NFL player. But I really think Christian McCaffrey deserves this one. Yeah. So 
again, this is kind of like our discussion on the Grammys. I need to know when the voting cuts off for this. That yeah. Because if the voting cut off before the playoffs started, I think I would have gone Tyreek. If it has yeah. been since the playoffs have started, I'm gonna go Christian McCaffrey. Um I know there's all this talk about Lamar Jackson. Again, if it cut off before the playoffs, maybe. But I think just total season, playoffs included, I'm going Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Do we know who um, votes for these awards? No. I didn't look that up. That would have been responsible. Oh, um, I was just thinking as we were talking. Let us know. Um, it's a what? Oh, yeah, that's right. Because I voted online. Mandy. I did. I bet I voted for Christian McCaffrey too because I don't really like any of the rest of them. Um, yeah, that's right. Well, there you go. Um, I'll get it. You got to figure it Yeah. Um, defensive player of the year Darren Bland, Max Crosby, Miles Garrett, Micah Parsons, and TJ Watt. TJ Watt, without a question, deserves that award. I was looking up some of his stats because I always hear JJ talking about how TJ is so underrated and nobody talks about it. I'm like, well, let me look at his stats. He had four forced fumbles. He has more fumble recoveries and touchdowns than both Miles Garrett and Micah Parsons. And he has a league high 17 sacks through 16 games this season. That's wild for a defensive player. Yeah, I think I would go with TJ. Part of me was kind of leaning towards Miles Garrett just because the Browns like came out of nowhere this season. Um, but I think in the end, it's just, I mean, even looking at those stats, it's got to be TJ. Yep. Um, let's do comeback player of the year. We've got Joe Flacco, Damar Hamlin, Baker Mayfield, Matthew Stafford, and Tua. My question's here. What are Baker and Matthew coming back from? Okay, so I don't, I was like, come back from what? Yeah, I did not understand that. And then when I looked up, like all the Vegas odds are on Baker Mayfield. And I was like, what? I'm clearly missing something. Did he I get hurt? I'm going to go look I while you're talking. I think it was just maybe they didn't do so hot. And then he came out and brought them all the way to like the playoffs or something. I'm not really sure. Yeah, that's nothing. Um, well, I don't know. I don't have a solid. I probably should have looked up like. What exactly is a comeback? Like, what's the definition to them of a comeback player? Because mm-hmm. um, Demar Hamlin, like, are like coming back to life. Is that what we're talking well, about? Well, I mean, <laughs> no flight to him. I mean, he was active for a lot of the season and did not play in a lot of the games. So to yeah. me, I'm like, I just don't feel like. And then the games he did play in, I don't feel like he had any big plays in them. So I'm like, that to me doesn't count as a comeback player. To me, a comeback player is like Joe Flacco, who was literally hanging out with these kids at home. And then they called him up and he was like, yeah, I've still got my cleats. Let me come out. Yeah. Yeah. See, I would go Joe Flacco as well for the same reasons. But of course, when they interviewed Joe Flacco, he's like, y'all should be voting for DeMar. Like, dude came back to life, which I get. (laughs) But yeah, just, I mean... Yeah. That would be more like if we were giving the award to the medical professionals that brought him back right. to life. Like, yeah, good on them. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate you. But um, I wonder, is this an award that you want? It's kind of like the most improved <laughs> award. You're like, so I sucked. <laughs> yeah, so I was terrible, and here I am now. Um, yeah, yeah, and then with Tua, like I understand Tua had all those concussions, but like he was still kind of playing, and I don't, 
I don't see that yeah. either. So. Oh. No. no. Um, okay, let's do coach of the year. We got Dan Campbell from the Lions, John Harbaugh from the Ravens, D'Amico Ryan from the Texans, Kyle Shanahan from the 49ers, and Kevin Stepinski from the Browns. So I think Dan Campbell would be a, a good one to win it because he did such great things for the Lions, but I would love to see D'Amico Ryan take this award. Yeah. I just yeah. brand new coach, brand new team with a rookie quarterback, and look what they did. That mm -hmm. takes coaching. Um, yeah. And I, to me, yeah, that's what you needed. So I would love to see him take that. I had kind of the same thoughts. I did kind of think about Kevin Stefanski as well because the Browns, I mean, like, whew, talk about deplorable yeah. to like doing something with your lives. Um, I think the D'Amico Ryan storyline is just fantastic though, and Dan Campbell as well. Um, yeah. Fun fact for you. Did you know that next season there will be four head coaches co coaching for teams that they played for? Oh, wow. I didn't because realize. Because you've got Dane Campbell played for the Lions, D'Amico played for the Texans, Jim Harbaugh played for the Chargers, and Jared Mayo played for the Patriots. Oh, wow. Okay. Hmm, that there makes sense how my Harbaugh was so like stuck on going to the Chargers because before I was I know. Okay. I didn't get it either. I just thought maybe he was tired of the cold of Michigan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. I mean, I That's can get behind that too. Um, <laughs> so MVP finalists are Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Brock Purdy, Dak Prescott, and Christian McCaffrey. Thoughts? Wait, Patrick Mahomes isn't in there? Nope. Again, Listen, when did we vote and who was <laughs> Yep. So here were my thoughts. Josh Allen is a no for me. Like, no. I don't even understand why he was nominated, to be honest. Lamar Jackson, again, are we talking season or playoffs? Um, I'm going to skip Brock Purdy. Dak Prescott, you've got to be freaking joking me that he's even on there. Christian McCaffrey, okay. So I was actually torn between... I was torn between Christian and Brock. Um, and honestly, again, if we're talking season, I'm going Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. If we're talking playoffs, the fact how he has shown up, especially yesterday, I would go Brock Purdy. But I'm pretty sure when I voted online, I voted for Christian McCaffrey. That makes sense. He's had a solid year. Yeah, I mean, he's amazing. But um, we need him to not be amazing in two weeks. So Right. I'm going to need you to, like, get an elbow just sore. I don't want you to get hurt. I just no. want it to be <laughs> yeah, not, no ill will or anything um okay let's talk a little bit about next season it's obviously super early um and we have no idea what's going to happen with like free agency the draft everything if you had to pick today with all those unknown qualifiers out there who will be in the super bowl next year i think we'll see a return of the 49ers next year Thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know who I would have against them. Possibly the Chiefs, depending if they yeah. keep kind of their same roster. Now that you've garnered all of that confidence in your receivers and your running backs, mm -hmm. I think you have a solid shot again. Yeah, I think. It, yeah, I'm going for a repeat for both teams. Um, yeah. We'll see. Um, obviously, there was a lot of coaching replacements this year. Who do you think? Coaching-wise, is on the hot seat for next season. That hasn't already been let go? Mm, yeah. 
I think Sirianni and uh, McCarthy are the ones to watch. McCarthy didn't get yeah. an extension, yeah. Um, yeah. which was not surprising. And I think if Sirianni, because he basically fired all of his coaches this year, and I think that was probably a deal he had with the owners, we'll keep you, but you got to make some changes. And so I think if mm -hmm. we don't see changes next year, he's gone. And honestly, I don't anticipate seeing changes next year. Because no, he's I don't either. And nobody has put Jalen in his place to say, listen, you're still fairly new to this game. Maybe listen to the voices around you that are trying to give you some wisdom here and stop acting like a jerk to everybody. And you might win mm -hmm. something. Yeah, I think uh, those are my two. A third one I would add is Dennis Allen, the Saints coach. Like, That's I don't true. know how that guy kept his job this season. Um, yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Um, okay. I've got one last question for you. Okay. There was all this talk yesterday, obviously. A lot of doubters coming into the AFC Championship about Patrick Mahomes. He clearly mm -hmm. showed up. Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady? Patrick Mahomes. Best, best quarterback ever? Patrick Mahomes. I think so, too. And I normally... So, like, if, if we're talking basketball and it's the Michael Jordan, LeBron James argument, I'm always Michael Jordan. Always. Right. Even though now I could definitely be convinced that it's LeBron just based on, like, the athletes they're playing against and all that. So, part of it, too, is I don't like Tom Brady as a person. He's just always rubbing the wrong way. But... <laughs> I just think that like what Mahomes has done and he's only 28 is unreal. Yeah. And I don't see it stopping. No. And I also think you have to take into account how much of a team player Mahomes is to build up the guys around him. I always felt like Brady talked down to the people on his line. And honestly, they're not going to play as well for you. So I think that even though right now Brady has, better records for the most part than Mahomes does. I think we're going to see Mahomes surpass a lot of those because he's going to last longer and he's going to keep his guys around him longer to yeah. help him hit those records. I think too, like um, you see things like Travis taking way less than he should be making and things like that. People wanting to really stay with the chiefs, unless you're Tyree kill, which that really worked out for you, buddy. Um, <laughs> Wishing he didn't follow that paycheck. Yeah, I just think that that is a big sign of, like, true dominance of it. Now, Tom Brady is always going to be in those conversations. But, honestly, if we'd been having a conversation a few years ago, Tom Brady or Peyton Manning, I was going to go Peyton Manning. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't think the GOAT conversation has to revolve around how many rings you have. And I think if it only revolves around how many rings you've got, you're missing out on the point of, like, the goat. That's a team ring. That's not an individual ring. Yeah, I would agree with that. But all right, well, that about wraps it up. I guess we'll come back in two weeks and see if we were right. I think we will be. We nailed it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for tuning in. Go follow us on the social media and we'll talk to you later. Bye, guys. <laughs>